The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? I don't know anybody here that would disagree with the statement, it's good to be positive in life. It's good to have a positive demeanor, positive outlook, to be as hopeful as you can for the future. All of us know probably a few people who could be described as sour personalities. Everything is a downer. Everything is negative. They can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They couldn't see the light shining in the sky with the noonday sun. It's no fun to be around, but positive people, we like to be with them. We like to work with them. We like to be friends with them. We like family events when they are full of such people. Being positive has a good effect on a lot of things, doesn't it? If you are positive yourself, it helps tremendously with motivation whenever you have a big task to do. A positive person is glad to get started, glad to continue, and looking forward to that end. If you're a positive person in the workplace and just the marketplace of jobs, well, that generally helps you to get a job, helps you to get a good job and to keep it. Doors are open for positive people. But we also know this, that being positive, as good as it is, is not sufficient. To be a positive person is not enough for daily life. The example I have for you this morning is Kind of an embarrassing one, but it really illustrates the point quite clearly. When I was in the National Guard, I would stay at my aunt and uncle's house in Bartonville. Uh, that was for six years, and great weekends during college, I would go up there. And my uncle, Dave, was a big NASCAR fan. We would watch it all the time, and one year, he said, Aaron, why don't you come to the Brickyard 400 with me and a buddy over in Indianapolis at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? And I jumped at the chance. I was excited. It was a good opportunity to see a race in person. And I remember driving over to Indianapolis from Peoria that morning. It was summertime or sometime when it was hot out at least. I remember that much. 
And I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt like everybody else and the thousands of thousands of stands, fans watching the race. And we were getting close to the racetrack and Uncle Dave said, well, are you going to put on some sunscreen? Now, I'm a pretty fair person. In the congregation, I'm probably one of the fairest of all of us here. I sunburn whenever I think about the sun, even in January. But for whatever reason, young, stupid, 16-year-old me said to my Uncle Dave, no, I'll be all right. You know how long a NASCAR race is? <laughs> I said, I'll be all right. He said, are you sure? Are you, are you sure? And I said, yeah, it'll be fine. I don't know what I expected to happen, but exactly what you know happened, happened. We go there, we're sitting out on the hot stands for hours and hours and hours, and on the drive back to Illinois, I was absolutely miserable. And it created a good story for a sermon illustration 25 or 20 years later, whatever it has been. Well, you could take a point away from this, and the first one would be the clear obvious one. I lacked common sense when I was a high schooler. I'm not going to dispute that. But the second and more important one for what we're talking about today is this. Positive thinking is absolutely pointless if it is built on thin air. Positive thinking doesn't do you any good if it doesn't have a foundation to back it up. I think the widow from Zarephath in the Old Testament lesson, she would have agreed with that statement. Israel, her nation, was in a bad way. The country of God's people was not living the high life at that time. Ahab, the current king, was worse than all of the kings that had come before. Judah, the southern kingdom, well, they lucked out every once in a while, and they got a good and a godly king. Israel just couldn't seem to break. And so they had Ahab and his awful wife Jezebel to boot, and they had gone away from worshiping the one true God of heaven, Israel's God, and were worshiping Baal. And because of this, God had sent, allowed, a famine to come across the land where the crops did not come and people were hungry and in great need. On top of all of this, this widow at Zarephath had this problem. Well, she was that, a widow. Her husband, her breadwinner, her provider, her protector was gone. And she had no one unless she had some degree of a network of friends and family Inside of her household, at least, she had no one to provide and care for her and her small son. Her circumstances were quite simply dire. They were not good at all. And so, anybody who would have gone up to that widow and said, don't worry, everything will be fine. You have nothing to be bothered by. You should just be Positive, anybody who would have said that would have been completely crazy to her. Out to lunch, not even tracking with what was going on in the world. But that's essentially what the prophet Elijah said when he got to her home. He gets there, he says, please go get me some water, get some water. And he says, please make me some bread, give me some bread to eat. And she does, well, she gives her protest. And then he says, well, don't worry, don't fear, be positive in so many words to her. 
That's an absolutely crazy thing to say in the circumstances, but he does. Elijah, it seems, is a positive person, doesn't it? At least in that instance. Whence do those words come from that he said to her? Actually, we know enough about Elijah from other instances that he's not necessarily what we might call a positive person in his core for how he interacts with people. Think about Mount Carmel after he proved the Lord God of heaven to be God over and against Baal with the prophets of Baal when the Lord vindicates himself with the sacrifice. After that, Elijah goes on the run from Jezebel in particular, and he's so dejected he says, I'm no better than my fathers, I wish I were dead. Not the marks and the words of a positive person, but to this woman at this time, in this place, with this interaction that he has, he speaks the positive words. All of this is bad, but don't fear. Don't worry. See, Elijah is speaking these words not out of a positive disposition, but because Elijah has faith. Faith in the Lord. Faith in his God to give and to provide. Faith backed up, not just by how he is as a person or how he wants things to be, but faith backed up by the one that made and gave all things. After his instructions to the widow, what does he do? He says these words, Thus says the Lord God, The flower in your jar, the oil in the jar, that little bit that you have, that you think is just so measly and going to be gone, you're going to eat it and then you're going to die, God says it's not going to be spent. It's not going to be gone. You can keep making as much bread as you need until God sends the rains. God will provide, is a sermon to her, short as it is. And he had that hopeful outlook because he knew God would provide. Christians, we are positive people. At least we should be. We have no reason not to be. We look forward to tomorrow, our own personal tomorrows and our own lives, the tomorrow of our community, and yes, the tomorrow of our country with hopeful expectation. Not because we are like ostriches that bury our heads in the sand, not because we like to deny or look the other way from reality, we don't do it because God tells us to. God just says, you've got to be positive. Okay, God, we're going to try our best to be positive. No. We are positive people quite simply because we know God. We know who He is. We know what He does. We know what God has done for His people from the beginning of creation all the way up until now. We've seen His track record time and again. In the Bible, in the life of the church, in history, and yes, in our own lives as well. In great and small needs, God delivers. He delivers his children from whatever their trouble is. God always gives daily bread, both physical and spiritual. He adorns the flowers that are arrayed, as Jesus says, much more beautifully than Solomon was in his glory. He provides for the birds of the air, which cannot go and sow, but only collect. He gives it to them, makes sure that they have what they need, and he gives so plenteously, so generously to you, 
his dear children. That's the lesson then. That's the takeaway. In these days of uncertainty for our community, for our country, and for some of us, our family circumstances, don't sweat it. Don't be concerned. Don't be despairing. Don't be dejected by the problems in life. But be hopeful and be positive because the Lord is your God. Your Lord and God, the Father, the Son and Holy Spirit, the Father who created you, the Son who redeemed you, and the Spirit who sanctifies you is yours and you are Him. And that is enough of a foundation to be quite sure and certain that come what may, you are safe, you are cared for, and yes, you will be secure eternally. Hope in that God, take comfort in Him, and this day and always praise Him and be glad in heart. To the same Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all glory, honor, and praise now and forever. Amen.